Life among the rocks provides cover from predators and a quick escape when necessary. But it also comes with its challenges. The rock Hyrax has accepted the task of adapting to this rugged terrain. For a nice warm spot to take a nap, these unique little animals have the perfect bodies for their rough environment. But we know adaptation is the name of the game in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie and Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. That's right. Uh, to check that out, you can visit us on uh, at LD Taxonomy on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, or visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. I wanted to... There's some housekeeping we need to do. And I was trying to figure out the best place to do it, but I feel like this is the best place to do it since we already do a little bit of housekeeping. As you may have noticed, Johanna has done the art for this uh, this week's uh, episode. And uh, that's because Brian is no longer uh, is no longer making the art for the, the podcast. And uh, he's just... You know, things came up, life, life comes up, and he's been he's been doing art for our shows for what five, six years. Uh, oh, you mean before even? Yeah. Yeah, when we we had another podcast, a nerdy podcast before this, and uh, he made art for every one of those episodes. Uh, so he has been faithfully coming up with ingenious uh, and really well done drawings. F- just weekly for six years and uh so brian we want to say thank you so much for uh offering your artistic talents uh to these shows uh, particularly this show uh because it's doing it's doing well and um uh we're sorry to to not have your uh your pen anymore but we thank you for the ones that we we got and thank you to johanna for uh creating the the new artwork yeah and everybody give uh brian a round of applause yes so loud that he can hear it yeah why don't you splice in the uh like a a giant stadium round of applause or something like that if he doesn't feel moved to do the thing where you like clasp your hands and like shake them on either side of your head uh then then we've failed I is that something that Brian has ever done? I don't think that's something that people human beings do anymore. Really? I think that people do it ironically. <laughs> I uh, we've talked about this on I don't know if it was this show or another show, but whatever we what what is that called? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is it called? The uh the the shaker the um <laughs> listen listen to my tic tacs and like how would i even google that um old timey congratulatory handshakes huh? 
No, that's gonna get that's gonna give me shaking hands. Yeah, but you might get what you're looking for. Yeah, so round of applause to Brian. <laughs> and uh wish you the best. The other thing I wanted to point out was that we have two new Patreon subscribers. And I wanted yeah. to shout them out. So we got one uh Jess not too long ago. And uh then Tristan Taylor uh subscribed last week i don't know when this is coming out but uh it was last week since this recording um so it's really really great to see uh more people jumping on and and helping out so thank you so much tristan enjoy our faces and the decor of the um our offices as we try to make them presentable for video <laughs> and yeah <laughs> everyone we're just trying new things i mean if I, i've got like this new ball that lights up all different kinds of colors and it's not as bright as i was hoping it would be we've got candles uh the whole shebang our christmas episodes had a lot of decorations which was fun so you know check them out if you uh if you subscribe to our patreon you can see the videos uh, so thank you so much, Tristan, for uh, being a part of the LDT family. And if and I can't figure out a way to describe the 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 thing I was talking about, the self clasp congratulatory. Oh, I already, I've already done it. He's gestation. Already... Yeah, we're doing it on the video, so that's <laughs> the only way you'll know what we're talking about. It's very difficult for me to do it and not uh, hit my microphone, um, but I managed. So, you know, if if you uh if if you um subscribe on Patreon and check out the video, you'll see exactly what we were talking about. Uh the other Patreon that uh patron that has signed up is uh Carol Raspelich. I think I know her. Yeah, I I've definitely rings a bell. Heard that name before. Um thank you so much, Carol. Mrs. Mrs. Raspelich. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, and thank you for so much for, for being a part of the LDT family and contributing and supporting and supporting your son and his friend as they, uh, teach people about animals. Yeah. So now our challenge is to make this, to make Patreon at least 50% supported by people that are not blood related to me. Uh, we don't want to put down the people who are blood related. That's not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's our, our next stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm happy uh, that anybody is contributing. Uh, and it's it's just nice to, to know that people care about the show and want to see it go on for for many moons. Yes. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping. A self-clasping handshake to you all. That is, <laughs> you figured it out? Yes. Okay, it's a self-clasping handshake. That's the name of the Wikipedia page, which is surprisingly light on content. Uh, because it just describes what it is, and uh, the first person to do it, Charlie Chaplin, or something like that. There's a picture of Ronald Reagan. Oh, is he the first person? I don't, I can't, he can't be. I feel like old-timey cartoons do that. I've never been like it, that's never been a natural thing that I've wanted to do in any situation. <laughs> like clapping your hands, that's that's something you you might do like in the thrill of the moment. Um like without really thinking about it or hooting and hollering or jumping up or 
pumping your fists in the air, but doing this self-clasping handshake is something I have to be thinking about. Like, I'm going to do this ridiculous thing. <laughs> now, I wonder if the symbology of that is is like I'm shaking all of your hands. I think it's, uh, like I said earlier, um, now, I just I found a gif. I just found a gif of buckwheat from like the original, um, the original. Uh, what are they called? The little rascals. Little rascals. He's doing it. Buckwheat. What? What a weird name for a child. <laughs> Alfalfa is also a weird name for a child, and so is Spanky. So it's just a. I mean, they're all nicknames, I imagine, but they don't. They're have- probably just all named John. <laughs> They're all named Billy, and they had to distinguish themselves with nicknames like Buckwheat. I'm but, off. I'm on a rabbit trail of this. You need to you need to close down your browser and pull up your notes because we are talking about the Rock Hyrax lobster. Oh, this Rock lobster. No, we're talking about the Rock Hyrax. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a rock water Pokemon. Um. No, it's a... We'll, we'll talk about what it is in a second. But it's also called the Dassey, uh, which I imagine that's not how it's pronounced. Um, but it's short for Clip Dassey, which um, is Afrikaans for Cliff Badger. It also sounds like... The name of a 1920s baseball player. Clip Dassey? Yeah. Here's Clip Dassey, rounding third. Oh. Head over home. <laughs> Babe Ruth and Clip Dassey. Best friends. <laughs> um, bosom buddies. The, it's also known as the rat, Rock Rabbit. These are not mine. These are This is what... Uh, these are colloquial, colloquial expressions. So yeah, Dassey, Rock Rabbit, Cliff Badger, which is the English translation for uh, Cliff Dassey. Uh, but we're going to call it here the frump, Frumpy Hamster Bear <laughs> and the Rock Aquaca. You know what they're also called? Rock Badgers, technic- kind of? I didn't see, Maybe? I, I didn't see Rock Badgers. Is well, rock- in the Bible... Whenever you read the word, called, some translations translate it to Brock Badger. Oh, I was seeing um, the King James Version is Coney. <laughs> uh, that's a rabbit. I know, but that's what they were saying that it uh, that it refers to in Leviticus. Was yeah, so there's we, it's a, obviously an ancient Hebrew word. We just don't really know. We know it's an animal. Yeah. Ever- so some translations say Rock Badger. Some translations say... Uh, Hyrax. Yeah. Modern and- translations say Hyrax, but there's a reference to them chewing the cud, which Hyraxes don't do, but some Lagomorphs do. So maybe it is Lagomorphs or some sort of rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, and animals and- had all kinds of weird ranges thousands of years ago. So um, maybe there were rabbits up there. We'll talk about their range in a bit, but let's taxonomize this thing first imagine imagine that now that we've talked a little bit about some of the things it's like you know what it kind of what it is but let's taxonomize this so you know exactly what it is uh because it, that's it's so specific 
Uh, the kingdom is one you know, love, and are in. That's Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia, because this is one of Joe's animals, and that means we're doing a mammal. Uh, the order is Hyracoidae. Hyracoidae. So this is where uh, all this is where it completely deviates from all the animals it looks like <laughs> uh, is in the order. So it's it's actually not related to any of the animals it looks like, but we will talk about that in a bit. The family is Pro uh, Procavidae. I almost said Provocidae. That's a <laughs> this is such a sensual rabbit, um, sensual rock rabbit. Um, the genus is uh, Pro Procavia. And the species is capensis. So Procavia capensis. We're back to uh, binomial nomenclatures that sound like Harry Potter spells. Um, I guess this is the one that would like fire a rock hyrex out of your wand to attack <laughs> someone. <laughs> or to just sit on the ground and sleep because that's what they do. Um, yeah. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. C -c -c Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of group of this animal, of rock hyraxes? Uh, they do hang out in groups, so uh, fortunately we do have a uh, collective noun uh, or term of venery. Uh, so if you saw a group of rock hyraxes hanging out on a rock, uh, would you say that's A, a colony of rock hyraxes, B, a burrow of rock hyraxes, C, a clan of rock hyraxes, or D, a herd of rock hyraxes? Rock hyraxes. These are some classics. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not going spicy on any of these. I'm going to go with the alliteration. No, it does. it's not a herd. I don't like that if it is. Um, I'm going to go with a colony of Hyraxes. Final answer. Eh. You should have gone with your uh, the gut that you didn't like. Because the answer is herd. That's disgusting. They're small. <laughs> Can't be a herd if they're yeah. small. Yes, but the closest relative to the rock Hyrax is the elephant. Believe mm -hmm. it or not. And it's going to become even uh, more incredible as I describe what it looks like. Um, because this does not look like an elephant, even a little bit. The rock hyrax is an actual loaf of bread with a hamster for a face. <laughs> a or whole not, hamster. Not a whole hamster, but a hamster's face. On the tip of a loaf of loaf of bread. If you've ever played um, Goat Lords, there's a card called Goat Loaf, um, and if this this animal looks a lot like that. It's just a, it's just a <laughs> it's just a loaf of bread with a goat's face on it. Um, but you replace that with a hamster or a mouse, and and you've got exactly you you can envision this. Um, end of description. Let's move on to measure up. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's like if you overfed a weasel. It's large. It's a large, rotund rodent with short legs, a nubby little tail, and a mouse wombat-ish face. Uh, its fur is dark brown on the back, and, and then it fades into like a cream color on the belly and, and chest. Um, it has these beady black eyes and short, round ears. 
Um, and Short it, round ears. Yeah. Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what these guys sound like if you listen to them hard enough. If you had a translator. Um, actually, they have pretty pretty complex vocalizations, so I would not be surprised. Actually, I would be a little bit surprised um, if they said okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Um, but not as surprised as I would be for other animals, if you, if you catch my drift. Um, so this basically, like we talked about the quokka not too long ago, you know, the horrible animal that, that throws its baby out of its pouch if it gets attacked. But um, it looks really cute doing it. But, but yeah, it's, it's about the cutest infanticide you've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so it kind of looks like a quokka, um, without like the perpetual smile. Um, but like if a quokka, a wombat and a hibernating grizzly bear had a baby, you've got the rock hyrax. Yeah, and it's just it just goes to show you that uh, it's good to be a rodent. Everything wants to be a rodent. In fact, rodents are the most typical kind of mammal. Like the rodent look? Yeah, rodent form. Small, furry. Well, furry uh, is kind of a more or less a prerequisite for being a mammal. Um. Uh, at least a terrestrial mammal and uh but small is usually pretty good because you don't need to eat as much um but the depth like the a lot of a lot of mammals have these just these mousy faces yeah and there's so many that like you don't think about if you if if you ask the average person to list the mammals i bet you they wouldn't include like uh the stoat or, or um, the I, – I can't even think of them all. Oh, like a vole or something like that. Yes. Like really obscure, weaselish mouse things, and there's so many. I'm about to say a few of them in a minute. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? Why don't, okay. Let's let that minute come right now. Let's let's talk about the uh, the size and dimensions. Um, welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions – in relatable terms that are that's fun for the whole fa- through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com we don't have a new measure up intro this week i don't think we've had one this year it's only been three weeks still uh but that means we get to hear from an animal and carlos has to guess what it is bring it on Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. I'm going to have to go with a waterfall. (laughs) There we go. It's one of those videos where it's like, Here's this animal call. This animal's call. And there's 30 and it's seconds like of just 99% nothing. nothing. Yeah. It's like, really, this should be a four second video where you cut straight to the part where it says something. <laughs> uh, but is that A, a leopard gecko? B, the American pika? C, a marmot? Or D, a muskrat? 
Yeah, marmot and muskrat. There you go. Um, I don't think it's the pika or pika because I think that has a higher pitched sound because we covered it like a million years ago. We've never covered the American one, just the, the Alaskan Al- one. The Alaskan one, but I, I imagine they sound kind of similar if they're similar size. Um, man, I would be surprised if it was the gecko, but I think I've been thrown off by a gecko before. I was like, wow, I can't believe a gecko makes that kind of sound. And I don't, I have no idea what a marmot or a muskrat sounds like. One of those two things is that like, oh no, that's a groundhog. The one in the, in the video that's just like screaming. A marmot looks very much like a groundhog. Yeah. Let's go with marmot. Final answer. Final answer? Yeah. Do you know what a muskrat is? Um, I definitely heard it. I've probably... I just can't put a, a like it's, a picture to it. It's like a beaver with a rat tail. Looks... It's very closely related to a beaver. It looks just like a beaver. Um, final answer was the it, marmot. It really does look just like a beaver. Huh. It yeah. is like a famous... Its name is more famous than... it self yeah uh but that is incorrect it's not a marmot no it's the american pika really yeah it must be bigger than the alaskan pika because it sounds bigger the alaskan pika maybe it is really cute little squeak or maybe there was a particularly large one if you listen to our episode on it there's we have a whole back and forth dialogue with an alaskan pika that's true uh but here we go. Let's talk about the length. Let's talk about the length of the hyrax. They're 50 centimeters to, or in other words, 20 inches in American. How many rock hyraxes go into the current distance of the James Webb Space Telescope? The, the distance? Away from Earth. Oh. The James Webb Space telescope i've never heard of that is it a telescope mounted on like voyager or something like that no well here's a hint the telescope was uh launched christmas day 2021 so it was just recently launched um it was designed for broad range space research including deep space study it will be capable of viewing some of the farthest objects we've seen in the universe you should look up a picture or like even a video of it because it's crazy. It's got a sail on it that like unfurled in space. It, it, it's very interesting thingy. It also has like a, um, uh, like a honeycomb looking solar panel array. Solar sails. Um, oh, so it, it, wh- uh, so it's been it's been on on its way for like almost a month now. That's enough time to get to like Mars if it's going pretty fast, which I imagine it is. So we'll say it's at Mars, which I don't know how far away Mars is. It's a uh, oh wait no if I remember the, the, reading the Martian it's eighteen minutes for radio uh, for radio contact to get from earth to mars so let's do some math here let me give you another hint <laughs> before i before i go down this this uh hyrax hole 
Let me tell you how fast it's going per second. Oh, wow. That's going to really help and add a lot of math to this. Every six, it's going every 6.44 seconds, it goes a mile. Um, it is negative 340 on its cold side Fahrenheit and 134 on its hot side. Yeah, that's the thing about space. No atmosphere to diffuse the heat. It's super cold when the sun's not shining on you and insanely hot when it is. Um, I'm going to go, I'm still going to go with my Mars thing and I'm going to say 194, uh, million miles away. All right. The answer is 615.8 trillion that, yep, we're, I'm sticking with it. Let me just, let me just do some math real quick because when I did this earlier, it was a lot closer to Earth. <laughs> okay, final answer. Uh yeah, six hundred fifteen trillion. Sixteen six hundred fifteen point eight trillion. The correct answer is two billion six hundred ninety nine. We're slowpoke. It's not even at Mars yet. It's been a month. Get your act together, James Webb. Yeah, it's Webb. nowhere close to Mars. Uh, but it passed the moon. Mars is the next planet in the solar system. Get there. It's actually I'm not. I'm so disappointed. It's going to L2 and uh, L2. It's it's this weird spot on in the solar system um, where... Oh, it's, I remember reading this. It's very interesting. L2 orbit, it's called. Which is a million miles away from Earth. That's where it's going to stay? Yeah. Oh. Lagrange point. Wow. Lagrange was... point two. So it's not... Okay. All right. I thought they were sending it out. I thought it was on its way... To oblivion? Out, no. I guess, yeah. To the next galaxy or something like that. Like Voyager is. No, it's a deep space telescope. So it's like... Um, Got it. What do we have in the up there now? The Hubble. Hubble, yeah. So they want to keep it close to home. You know, just within a million miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. That was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was very wrong. I've been wronger, though, I think. Yes. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. Let's talk weight. They're four kilograms, or 8.8 .8 pounds. A little baby. They're a little baby. Oh, that's a... That's a... De that's a pretty that's big a, baby. Yeah, a thick baby. Like an, an infant? Um, that's a... That's, that's, an, that's a bad time for the mother. <laughs> But it's a typical bad time. It's not an extraordinary bad yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it's not extraordinarily bad. Hopefully. So how many rock hyraxes go into the current record for men's elephant bar deadlift? Here's a hint. 
elephant, an elephant bar. Yeah, an elephant bar is a, is longer than a standard Olympic bar with extra space on both sides to hold plates. The bend of the extra long bars is reminiscent of older style lifts with Hummer tires. Um, so it's like if you ever seen like these long bars and the the bars bending with like a ton of weight on each side, like a comically large weight on each side. Mm-hmm. That's probably a uh, elephant bar. Hmm. The current record was set in 19, 2019, 2019, if you want to say it AP style, um, by Half Thor Bjornsson. Of course, that's his name. Half Thor? Yes. He is not full Thor, but he's Half Thor. He's that's a half. lot. In terms of strength. Bjornsson. <laughs> that is... Uh, Bjornsson. Wow. That's about as Norse of a name as you can possibly have. Unless it was Odinson, that would be the that would be the most. Yes. Would, that would be the most of most name. Um I gotta say, when you said elephant bar, I had an in completely different image in my mind. Um but I guess it's just a like a a, a I- rod of <laughs> of metal like a counter that's really high on high up off the ground that has watermelons on it full watermelons uh yeah or just like or like a a jazzy uh scene where you know um like detective elephants come to like sit and nurse nurse a mojito Babar's uncle, Detective Babar. Babar. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, like a person lifted this up. Yeah, similar to a person. Similar to a person. <laughs> Half Thor Bjornsson is is he looks like a person for sure. Um, but really, he's a, a half half a demigod. Yeah, no, he's full uh, demigod, half a regular. Oh, because Thor is full god. So if you're half, then that means you're just demi. Lovato. Ah, oh, that works on multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two thousand pounds. That seems insane, but maybe. If like with a bench press shirt you could get to like almost <laughs> a thousand pounds, then I imagine you could deadlift twice as much as as that if you're that strong. So this man could put a drape a horse over his shoulders and lift it up. Yeah, or like a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, all right, two hundred twenty-seven. 227 you'd have to you'd have to lift 227 hyraxes to match the record mm-hmm. the correct answer is 118 hyraxes half thor bjornsson is so weak <laughs> uh Why yeah 2000 pounds is probably out of reach for humanity in terms of uh, i mean we <laughs> at this moment in time for the elephant bar deadlift it definitely is because the record is 
1,046 pounds or 474.4 kilograms. Like some of the in those strongman competitions, those guys are benching like eight, over 800 pounds. And so the but the deadlift uh, 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 record is just 200 pounds more than that. Seems seems crazy, but well, I guess like. It depends on the kind of deadlift. If it's just that bar, maybe it's more difficult than if it's that like hexagonal bar that goes around you. Seven. Anyway, it's only eight. Seven hundred and eighty-two is the bench press record. That's okay. That's. I was close. Yeah. Memory serves me right. Anywho. <laughs> well, uh, do you have any fast facts before we get into the major fact? I do. Let's talk about where it lives. Uh, it, we talk, we mentioned Israel. It lives in uh, the Middle East and as far north as Israel and Jordan. Um, but it also lives in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, kind of outside of the range of the of the harshest deserts. Um, and it uh, also lives south of the Kalahari Desert in South Africa and Mozambique and uh, Botswana and Zimbabwe. And there is also population as far east as Oman. So all over the Middle East, Africa, and um, up along the Mediterranean there. Uh, I've actually seen these guys in the wild. uh, Because if you climb Table Mountain in Cape Town, South Africa, you're almost definitely going to see some rock hyraxes just, just chilling. Because that's that's all they do, <laughs> um, and they and the the person I was with actually told me that they were more they were close more closely related to elephants than any of the things they look like. So I had that information locked away. Um, so yeah, if you were ever in Cape Town, climb Table Mountain, and you'll you'll be able to see the rock hyrax most likely because uh, there's lots of them. Uh, the rock hyrax is herbivorous, which means it eats plants, um, but it'll also eat insects, insects and grubs uh, if a slimy yet satisfying one comes along. The they spend ninety five percent of their time resting, so they're like cats or teenagers. They're just sleeping and laying around all day in heaps, like pile piles of these guys. Um, they uh just even though they spend all their time resting they do need to keep an eye out for lots of different predators because they cover such a wide range they have lots of things that would just gobble them up i mean it is a blow it's a it's a slow chunky loaf of bread of a of a mammal like it's just begging to be eaten by leopards cobras pythons caracals uh wild dogs hawks and owls um I'm just trying to picture like an owl trying to fly off with this like ten pound thickness, ten pound loaf of bread. The tasteful uh, thickness of it. And uh, so, like I said earlier, they actually have really uh, like a really complex language. Um, they have lots of vocalizations, uh, and in fact, uh, researchers have gotten to the point where they can uh, determine the. Uh, a lot of information based just off the length, pattern, frequency, and complexity of the cries of a certain rock hyrax. So they can listen to a rock hyrax um, 
make it sound, and then be able to tell its age, social status, size, body weight, and even hormonal state. Hmm. So it's like that. That's like Sherlock Holmes to the max. He hears a cry and is like, "Oh, look! There's a seven and a half pound male rock hyrax uh, that is dominant, and uh, you know, a, a year and a half old, and likes a long walk. He is also insecure about his uh, appearance. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's just really interesting that they have so, such specific calls." Um, and speaking of social status, they have, there are four uh, statuses that males can be categorized into. Uh, the first is territorial, so these are dominant males. Um, the second is peripheral, so these are solitary males that roam around. Uh, they can become dominant if they stumble across a, uh, a herd that does not have a dominant male. Um, and then there are early dispersers, which just mean juveniles that leave their birthplace um early within 16 and 24 months and then late dispersers uh late bloomers the ones the the the, the kids you can't kick out of your basement they they don't they're juveniles that don't leave uh until after 30 months um so you just need to like these are the ones that just need to to get a job and stop mooching uh and that is all the that's all the fast facts Okay, let's get into the big fact. The major fact, which I'm calling Petra Pachyderm. That works. Um, did you know a pachyderm? I always thought a pachyderm was a baby elephant, but a pachyderm is any large mammal. Like, I thought it was just another word for elephants. Thanks to Dumbo. <laughs> a very large mammal with thick skin, especially elephant, rhinoceros, wow, or hippopotamus. I had no idea that pachyderm was not just elephants. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So rock hyraxes are well adapted to their life among the Dwayne Johnsons. Every, <laughs> even though they are mammals, they have incomplete thermoregulation. AKA, uh, they're not as good as at regulating their body temperature as other mammals. So in order to make it through cold nights, they need to spend time soaking up rays during the day. Mm. So you mentioned that that entails napping for 95% of their time in heaps, which are, mm. you know, piles. Uh, so they're doing what they're doing there is basking in sunlight, taking in heat um, that will get them through the night. So, Laying out on rocks puts them at risk of being served up on a granite platter to one of their major predators, which is the black eagle. An awesome name for a scary creature. To if yeah. you're a hyrax. Black eagles hunt by soaring overhead and swooping down when they spy a meal. So a nice pile of like Uncle Ben's ready hyrax. <laughs> Instant hyrax. <laughs> just, <laughs> just add water. I think you don't have to Swoop. add water. It's actually just ready. It's like you don't even have to add anything. Yeah, it's Uncle Ben's ready hyrax. Um, but the hyrax, hyraxes post centuries to keep an eye out. And they have an interesting adaptation to help them scan the skies. 
their irises, which is, you know, the iris is the aperture that opens and closes your, closes your pupil. Their irises protrude out over the top of their pupil. So this allows less light to come into their eyes huh. from above, acting as a tiny little sun visor that's built into their eyes. Huh. I'm trying to even visualize So this. when they're... So it's like like the top part of their iris donut is swollen. That's... I feel like that's one of the more disgusting sentences you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... They, I tried to find a diagram or something, but I, I couldn't, so I had to rely on textual um, description. Yeah. But interesting. This, you know, this allows them to look out over the sunny uh, savanna and see, uh, see the skies without, you know, being blinded by the sun. Uh, hyraxes also have another interesting adaptation for living in rocky areas. They look like rodents, but they're not tiny capybaras, even though they that's a apt description. Yeah. Um, one of the telltale differences is their feet. The hyrax foot looks different from the typical rodent spindly digits. Uh, like people and bears, their forefeet are pl- plantigrade, which means their heels, their feet and heels are all flat on the ground. Like an elephant's. But yeah. Well, no. Their back feet are semi-digitigrade, which is like an elephant or a hippo. And if you look at the, the skeleton of an uh, elephant or a hippo, you can see that they're, they're sort of, their toes look like they're up a little bit. So their heels look like they're up a little bit, but the way their foot is, is just shaped so that it's flat on the ground. So that's why it's semi-digitigrade. Um Digitigrade is what your dogs and yeah, cats like, and stuff are, where the yeah, heels are up off one, the ground. They're the 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 end of the foot is actually like up the leg a little bit. Yeah. So from the top, um, they also look like they look like almost look like elephant feet, little pillars with black circle toes poking out. But when they lift their sole to reveal their beans. <laughs> They're soul black beans, beans and rice. Soul beans. You can, <laughs> you can see a smooth area in the center of their foot. Um, the center of their foot pad can be articulated up to form a vacuum seal. Retracted. Like, the, like if the palm of your hand huh. could be retracted, which you can kind of do. But it forms a seal. And this allows them to suction cup to rocks like it's Mission Impossible. So when a when a black eagle comes and grabs them, it just rips their head off instead of actually picking them up. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, the, the, that part is uh, it allows them to tra- traverse rocks. Oh, I see. With it, ease. it doesn't stop them from so they being can, picked up by predators, right? So they can easily hightail it into the cracks in in their rocky terrain. So. Huh. And they're also kept moist with sweat secretions or sweat-like secretions. So it's basically they like they've just got plungers attached to them that they can just yeah uh, climb sides of uh, the, the side of the Burj Khalifa with. Now I don't know like how 
they're not like geckos. They're not upside down on ceilings. No. Right. But if you can make this sound with your hands, that's like kind of like what they're doing to the rock. They're, it's giving them a little extra grip. I can't make that sound with my hands. I've never been the kind of I've never <laughs> been the person, the kid in the pool that could like put their hands together and like make the water squirt out like real far. I can never figure out how to do that. <laughs> um, it's fun. I, I know it's fun. That's why I feel like I messed missed <laughs> out. I was so bad. Anyway, <laughs> I could never do the armpit fart. Oh, I could do that. I'm, but I could do. I mean, we each are, we each have our yeah. gifts. I can I can click my thumb whenever I want to, and other people can shoot water. It, it's we're <laughs> just all different parts of the body of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke in that regard. <laughs> just don't don't wish you had other people's gifts. But yeah. That was that's the rock hyrax. Uh, so for you out there in podcastia, get your daily rest. Keep a sharp and I guess swollen eye out, and be sure to scream your age, body weight, and hormonal status to your fellow mammals like the rock hyrax here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> what a little weirdo yeah, that was a good episode